words, if you can find out what the Bible says about your situation, you know, uh, when I when I first got born again, I like this group. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember their name. They were they weren't a good group. Anyhow, it was a heavy metal band. I, I think there was it was Raven or something. I can't remember. Anyway, it's an old school heavy metal band. And uh, I was looking for one of their albums. And I couldn't find it because they were an obscure band. It was, you know, back in the day when you had to buy record albums or tapes and stuff like that. And so I remember I had a prayer request, went to the people at church. I said, I've been looking for a Raven album. I, I won't even tell you the name of the album. It's terrible. But anyway, uh, totally ungodly. But, but uh, you know, they prayed and I got that album. You know, because, you know, the Bible says, the Bible says, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, you'll have them. And there were some people knew about the word of God, knew about scripture that were there and a part of that, uh, uh, that uh, youth group. So, um, but anyhow, so let's pray together and let's ask the Lord to be with us here today. And uh, we must have wore everybody out this weekend because look, look at it, look at it. Boy, even leadership is bailed on us tonight. But anyhow, let's pray over them. Let's pray over ourselves. So here's a scripture that we're going to, we're going to gather around. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hey, Melody. Hey, Brandon. I was just now talking to folks about prayer and how I'm, I'm teaching a little bit on how to pray. So when I'm getting ready to pray, anytime I'm getting ready to pray, it's usually because the Lord has stirred me up something in my spirit in the word. And today he stirred me something in my spirit in the word that because it's his word to us, we can, we can pray it, especially because it's his word to us right in this, for me, right in this moment. If it's a, if it's a word for me, it's a word for you. So uh, here's what it says, and I'll, I'm going to read it in the English Standard Version. That way we can hear it. It says, therefore, we must pay attention, a uh, close attention, much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just ret retribution. And uh, Now, listen to what he's saying. We got to be careful we don't let these things slip. Why? Because since the angels declared, message declared, since there was a message that was declared by angels and it proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution. In other words, there are consequences to everything that was done with that word. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? In other words, how are we going to be off the hook for allowing the word of God to slip if nobody else was. In other words, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. Say that. Say we have a responsibility. What do we have a responsibility to do? We have a responsibility to hold God to his word. That's what that scripture is saying. I mean, it doesn't say it in those words. But that's exactly what that scripture is saying. It says don't let the word of God slip. In other words, God expects us to not let him slip on, amen, glory to God, hallelujah. Not to, we, we can't slip off of it because God won't slip off of it. God's not going to come off of his word because God's not going to come off of his word. You can't come off of his word. Amen. 
I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what your mama says. I don't care what your boss said. I don't care what's going on at church, school, job, with friends. Anybody hearing me? How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to by us, to, attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Amen. <clears throat> so how did God confirm the, his word? By signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. You know what? If he did it then, he'll do it now. Amen. If he did it then, he'll do it now. If he did it for them, he'll do it for us. Amen. And you know what? We can't be satisfied with anything less. Why? Because that's the word of God. So that's, that's where we're going to be tonight in our prayers right there. Thank God. We're going we're gonna to pray on the basis of what these scriptures say. <laughs> Glory to God. Number one, we're going we're gonna to hold God to his word. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. We're going to hold God to his word. You know, you, there's all kinds of scriptural precedents for this too. There's all kinds of scriptural precedents for this too. Uh, Elijah and Elisha. When Elisha was taken, when Elijah was taken up by a whirlwind, and Elisha, <clears throat> Elisha and Elijah were going through that whole process. And Elijah says, says to Elisha, Terry, here I pray that Elisha's response was this: uh, the Lord lives and thy soul lives. As as long as the Lord is living in you. And God's power is in you. I will not leave you. I will not let you go. I will not let you down. I will not let you out. That's what he was saying to Elijah. I will not let you go. In other words, I ain't going nowhere. You're stuck with me. I will not let you down. I will, I'm, not only am I going to be with you, but I'm going to uphold your honor. I'm not just going to hang out with you and talk bad about you behind your back. I am with you. And I will not let you out. Besides all that, I ain't letting you out of what you told me was coming, the anointing. Amen. We, found that, we find out what was, what was driving the heart of Elisha the entire time he followed after Elijah. The promise of God, the word of God. Amen. Are you all hearing this today? Oh, yeah. All right. You might have to shake yourself a bit, but anyhow. So let's pray and let's agree. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity that we have and the privilege that we have to come into your presence today, Lord. Uh, and according to your word, Lord, with boldness. Lord, your word says that we're to enter boldly into your uh, throne room. And Lord, we come with boldness, not on our own merits, but on the merits of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago in his death, burial, and resurrection as he shed his blood for us. Lord, we come to you. And Father, we ask you today, that you would honor your word, Lord, that you would do what you said that you would do, God. That you, Lord, as we stand upon your word and don't let it slip, that you would follow us as you followed those that came before us. That you would give witness and bear witness by signs and wonders and various miracles. 
and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are distributed according to his will, which is what we've been talking about here today, uh, here in these Wednesday nights, Lord. So, Father, we thank you that you are a God of your word, that you've never let one word drop or fail, but that every word that you have spoken has produced and brought forth a great harvest, Lord. There's nothing that you've said, God, that hasn't produced a great harvest. And so, Lord, we're expecting that these words are going to be transformative to us because we're speaking them out of our mouths, Lord. We're saying what you said. We're believing, God, what you've told us to believe. We're hanging on to, Lord, what you've, uh, uh, the, the pattern that you've established according to your word and according to Scripture. And, Lord, we're, we're, uh, we're tuning our ear to hear your spirit and to be led by him and directed according to his will for us to function and to operate over here in this supernatural realm. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, for the privilege. We thank you, God, for the opportunity. And, Lord, we will honor you in everything that you do, in everything that you manifest, everything that uh, you, you display, everything, God, that you show forth. God, as you show forth, we promise that we will give you all the praise and all the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, Lord. Let your anointing be upon each one of us. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts that are open to receive. Quicken our minds, Lord. Help us to understand in Jesus' name. And Lord, I give you praise. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Every time you pray, you ought to pray the word of God. You ought to find what the Bible says about what you're praying about and, uh, and let your faith be activated. Now, first time you pray, you may not have any faith whatsoever. You know, faith, faith cometh by hearing. Well, you know, you're hearing as you're praying these words of God. Amen. And so we say, well, we're praying it by faith. Well, we're, we're praying it to hear the word of God. See, that's, that's what I do. I pray, and in the beginning... What I'm praying, it may not impact me, you know, too much. It may not even feel, you know, because we, we talk a lot about how we feel. It may not even feel like I've, my prayer's gotten above my nose. But, you know, it don't have to. Amen. It don't, the prayer, my prayer don't have to go above my nose. It, don't have to, it doesn't have to penetrate uh, the, the uh, boards in the ceiling above us. Jesus is, is in here. Amen. He's in our hearts. And so God hears us when we pray according to his will, according to his word, and, uh, and our faith will be developed as we pray the word of God. So again, I just want to, encur I want, to, I want to encourage you in that. Don't allow the enemy to get you out of the realm of faith. If the devil can get you out of the realm of faith, then he, what he's done is he's successfully gotten you over into his realm, and he'll whip you, he'll whip you on his terms. The devil will whip you on his terms, but he can't touch you when you, amen. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm already preaching myself happy up here today. Praise God. He can't even lay a hand on you when you're standing. Are you young people hearing me too? You know, the devil, he can't even touch you when you're standing in the safety and in the protection of his word. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Glory to God. All right, let's open up our Bibles. We've been talking about gifts of the Spirit. So let's run over there to the book of 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 12. 1 Corinthians, chapter 12. And um, 
I promise, guys, I'll let you know as soon as Hilda and David arrive. And uh, I may just have everybody stay in here and pray, and I'll run back there with y'all and teach y'all a lesson. Especially, uh, yeah, especially old Titus back there who's already about to get smacked. All right, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then he act like he's all innocent. What did I do? What did I do? Praise the Lord. They are here. There they, there they go. Man, Gabe wishes he could go back there bad, don't he? Oh, he's going. Yeah, <laughs> all right, we've been talking about um, gifts of the Spirit, so let's run over there to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let's uh, start reading, uh, and just to uh, reacquaint ourselves with this, because I think um, when we have that koinonia, sometimes we get thrown off course, but uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse... <sighs> Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know, when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Wherefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are uh, varieties of service, but the same Lord and there are varieties of activities. But it's the same God uh, who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by, one, by the one spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by, by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Amen. So uh, we're familiar with that verse of scripture. It's what we've been using as our golden text in talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, we talked about the, we talked about the three categories of gifts, the, uh, the vocal gifts, uh, the uh, power gifts, and the revelation gifts. And we started over there with the uh, revelation gifts. Uh, the revelation gifts are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. The power gifts are faith, healing, and miracles. And then the utterance gifts are tongues and the interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Now, I know some of you are like, well, shouldn't be prophecy be over there in the revelatory gifts? No, because the simple gift of prophecy is what we would uh, define today as preaching or exhorting. So what 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is talking about when it says prophecy, 
is by the anointing and by the Spirit, preaching or exhorting, speaking words of edification, exhortation, and comfort, not revelatory words like someone who is in a prophetic office would, uh, would, would get. Uh, what, what someone is a, who's in a prophetic office uh, functions in, when they, when they prophesy, what they're doing is they're just declaring a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom by the Spirit. Sometimes a, a discerning of spirit, you know, they'll discern uh, the spirit, uh, a spirit or spirits, and they'll see into the realm of, of spirits. Brother Hagen, you know, Brother Hagen functioned in the gift of the... You know, when Jesus showed up and talked to Jesus, that was Brother, or Brother Hagen... Uh, Jesus showed up and talked to Brother Hagen. That was Brother Hagen functioning in the gift of the discerning of spirits. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you understand that, right? Because in order for him to have seen Jesus, he had to have been seeing into the realm of spirits. You say, well, why do you say that, Pastor Zig? Well, because there were times that Brother Hagen would see Jesus, and there'd be a whole room full of people there, and only Brother Hagen could see him. So Brother Hagin's spiritual eyes were open to see into the realm of spirits. Now, you know what? There's a lot of people say they see into the realm of spirits, but there's not a lot of people that come out of that experience the way that Brother Hagin did, and they're impactful, as a, they're impactful as a result of it. So anytime we have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, it, number one, it ought to make an impact in us. Number two, uh, we, ought to, we ought to become impactful as a result of it. And you can always tell when someone's really been in the spirit or not. Uh, <clears throat> someone who's talking noise, they sound like they're making noise. Someone who's had an encounter with the Spirit, they come away with something sparkly and shiny, something that's warm and buzzy and numb and tingly, <laughs> something that, uh, something that is, it, it affects the environment and the atmosphere uh, when you're really in there. And that's, that's what I desire for you. I, I, I desire for you is that, you know, as, as your pastor, I'm going to tell you this, as your pastor, it's my desire for you to have the kind of encounters that uh, I'm talking about and not the kind of encounters that we're seeing some people say that they're having encounters that are empty, encounters that aren't life-changing, encounters that, you know, that people want to say, you know, I, I, think, I, I think that was the Lord, but they, no one's ever edified as a result of it. They're it, there's nothing in it for the common good. That, see, that's why, the, that's why the Bible says the Spirit gives the manifestations, for the common good. Not so we can brag and say that we, we had it happen, but for the common good. And so there ought to be some common good that comes out when the Holy Spirit is manifested. Y'all understand that? So, uh, so Brother Hagin, you know, he, when he had that... Uh, um, those encounters, that's a gift of discerning of spirits. Uh, William Branham, he said he would see a ball of light come, and it would stand next to him. He said it was the angel of the Lord. I don't think it was the angel of the Lord. I think it was Jesus. But the way Jesus manifested to William Branham, he saw him as an, a ball of light. And you know what? Not everybody saw that. But there were times when the gift of the discerning of spirits came on everybody in his meetings, and they saw it. They saw, how many of you know you can't see the things of the Spirit outside of being, outside of really the Holy Spirit coming on you and giving you the ability to see? Amen. So we know that uh, those things uh, happen. Now, let me, let me tell you this before we, we go on with this, because there's a lot of things stirring in my spirit today. You have, and I just heard Brother Higgins talking about this on YouTube <laughs> about an hour ago. He said this, he said, 
Too many times we, we're, we miss out on the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. And he said, sometimes the supernatural doesn't appear as spectacular. Sometimes, you know, we're looking for Jesus to sit down next to us and, and all these things. And we miss out on the supernatural uh, because we're looking for the spectacular. Now, and I think that's probably a good majority of people in the body of Christ and probably a good majority of you sitting in this room. Some of you looking for the spectacular, spectacular and missing out on the supernatural. You say, how do you mean? What, what do you mean, Pastor Zig? Well, because... Uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to y'all all the time, and you, the way you describe it is, well, I, have, I, I, I feel like. And we, you know, we, need to, we need to really analyze that when we, when we feel like something, because many times we're not feeling something at all. There's something going on in our spirit. Amen. Amen. I want y'all to think about it. I want you to think about the times that there have been foolishness happening in this church, and in your spirit there was something going on and you just discounted it because it wasn't spectacular. In fact, things, things in the natural may have appeared more spectacular, and because of that, things in the natural grasped your attention. But what God was trying to do to, in your spirit, uh, you ignored because you, you, didn't, you didn't recognize it as being supernatural. Amen. You know, when God, when God, when God tells you, for example, and I'm just going to say this and put it out there, it's kind of, There'll be a couple of people that'll know, they'll be alerted to what I'm saying, and it'll be maybe funny to them too. But if something, if something in your spirit says, don't give that person your number, <laughs> if, you're, if, you're alert, if you're alerted, if you're alerted, you know, you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit working. That's the, in, that's the inward witness of the Spirit. That's the inward witness. In fact, you know, can I tell you all the testimony Brother Hagin was telling when he, was, when, he, when, he said, uh, when he said that about the spectacular and the supernatural? He was talking about the last time Jesus appeared to him. You know the last time Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin was in 1959. 1959. So Brother Hagin, he got saved. He got born again. I can't remember. It was in the 40s, I reckon. And then in 1959 was the last time Jesus appeared to him. And the last time Jesus appeared to him, he started talking to him about walking after the Spirit. And he said to him, he said, this is the last time I'm going to appear to you this way. From now on, I'm going to lead you by my Spirit through an inward witness. You say, what, what do you mean inward witness? The same inward witness that brought you to Winner's Church. You was, you was fine someplace else, but there was an inward witness. There was just something that wouldn't leave you alone. We know what that something was. That was the Holy Ghost. Amen. See, and the Holy Spirit has tried to lead us many times in those ways in our life. And because sometimes we were looking for the spectacular. Now, listen, you're going, we're, going to, we're going to encounter the spectacular, but we're only going to encounter the spectacular as we follow the supernatural. As we follow the leading of the Spirit. And, and then, we, you know, sometimes we get antsy like, you know, God, I'm, I'm really, I want to fall down. <laughs> really? That's all you want? Because if that's all you want, I can make that happen. <laughs> I mean, you come up here and I'll just go, <laughs> we'll knock you right down. 
But I know, I know what some people are They're looking for the spectacular. What they don't realize is if they'll follow after that inward witness, that's, that's see, the, the inward witness is supernatural, but it's not spectacular. The inward witness is supernatural, but it's not spectacular. It's just that, it's just that divine compulsion. It's that nudge. And sometimes it's, you need to go and join yourself and, and connect with these people. Sometimes it's you need to not give your number to that person. <laughs> sometimes that inward witness, sometimes that inward witness will. Uh, you'll you'll drive up on a piece of property, and all some just something on the it's just something on the inside, just something on the inside says, "Yep, yep." And in the natural, it might not look like you could accomplish that at all, but if you'll follow that inward witness, you know what you know what the Holy Ghost. You know what Jesus told uh, uh, Brother Hagin that day. He said, "If you'll follow, if you'll follow my Spirit in that inward witness, He'll make you rich." Now, some of y'all think that means money, but it's not just money. Amen. But it includes money. And he'll, and he'll take you and he'll lead you by his spirit to places that in the natural you would have never dreamed of going. But because you relied on and depended on and trusted in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Praise God. See, some of y'all, you know, you, know, you know what the devil does to some of y'all? He gets you focused on you. Well, I'm really, I'm, man, I'm having trouble. I'm having, you know what? Everybody has trouble every day. You know, you, know, I, you, know, you know how much time every day I could spend thinking about my trouble? Every moment of every day. But you know, the Bible doesn't say that we're supposed to. <laughs> But some people in church, that's all they've ever done. I can't, I can't do nothing. I have trouble. Well, yeah, you do. I do too. See, there's only one difference between you and I is I don't let trouble take the, and, and get in the wheelhouse of my life and, and direct me where it wants to take me because trouble leads to trouble. But the Holy Ghost, amen. What's the Bible say about the Spirit? He will, amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He'll lead me. Glory, glory to God. I mean, we could, do I even have to finish the psalm? <laughs> glory to God. You know, we, we, <laughs> we end up where his word wants us to be when we follow the, the spirit. You know, that, that's every time the enemy attacks you, he's only attacking you in an attempt to get you off of the word and to get you into trouble. Amen. So that, that's why we hang on to the word of God. That, that's why when some of you come up and talk to me, and sometimes you're like, hey, pastor, can I tell you about my troubles? Nope. I want to hear about your troubles. I want, to, I, want you, I want you to tell me what the word of God says about your troubles. What's the word of God say about your troubles? What does the Bible say about what you're going through? 
What has been provided to you by the word of God and by the spirit of God to bring you out of where you're at? Amen. Now, sometimes I might let you get through a sentence or two. And some of you that talk to me know. Say, well, what does the word of God say? The word, or I'll just tell, I won't ask you. I'll just tell you what the word says. Well, the Bible says this. And I, I won't be as harsh as Hilda and say, well, you have what you say, so you need to say something different. Say this. I'll be a little, I'll, I'll ease, I'll, you know, I'll be easy with you. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be a little easier with you. But, um, but anyhow, all of that to talk about the, the spirit and the, the gift of uh, the uh, discerning of spirits and how it worked to Brother Hagin. But anyhow, so a, a reminder, all of these things that we're talking about don't work according to your head. These things, the gifts of the spirit don't work in your mind. They work in your spirit. If they're going to work for you, you have to get in the spirit. If they haven't been working for you, it's either you've ignored them and you've been looking for the spectacular and not really paying attention to the supernatural, or you're not in the spirit. It's one of those two things. And so most people, they just don't ever get in the spirit. They, they, they get it, they, they're, they're so accustomed to doing things according to their head that they never get in the spirit. So these things are, uh, these spiritual gifts are uh, by the spirit, given by the spirit, as the spirit wills. If you're going to have them working in your life, they're going to have to happen by the spirit, as the spirit wills. And for you to be able to determine whether that is, you're going to have to be in the spirit. Amen. So let's, let's uh, talk about, we talk, where do we leave off talking? You remember? We left off talking about the gift of the word of wisdom. We talked about the word of knowledge. Uh, knowledge, the word of knowledge being God bringing, giving you a revelation of something, a thought of, of a thought in the mind of God, something that God has knowledge of, just a, a portion, a part, sometimes a tiny portion or a tiny part of the knowledge of, of, of what he knows, he reveals it to you. Uh, that's the gift of the word of knowledge. Uh, we don't know everything that God knows because we function in the gift of the word of knowledge. We only know a portion of what God knows. We only know what he's willing to reveal to us. So uh, the gift of the word of knowledge is when God reveals his thoughts about a person, about a place, about a situation, when he shares his thoughts with us. How many of you would like to know what God's thoughts were of your marriage? God's thoughts of your ministry. God's thoughts of your business. God's thoughts of, of your, uh, uh, what, his, what his thoughts are of your finances. What his thoughts were of your children. Or lack thereof. Of, of what God's, you know, what, wouldn't you like to have a word from God about you know, uh, for example, when Tyler and Ayla were, were looking to conceive, they were looking for the mind of God, for the word of God on how that would transpire. You know, that's, that's what you need to do. When you get God's thought and God's idea on it, when you get a word of knowledge about it, you can hang your hat on that. You can hang your hat on that. Doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter what the doctors say. You can have a low sperm count. You can, you know, have old eggs, whatever. It, 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 it don't matter in the, in the mind of God. Once you know the mind of God, everything else has, 
Through faith, we understand that the worlds are framed, how? By the, so when you have a word of knowledge, then you have the word of God. And when you have the word of God, you have the very thing that frames the world. And see, that word will start to frame your world instead of the word of a doctor or instead of the word of WebMD or instead of the word of some other yo-yo that doesn't know what the heck they're talking. You understand? People that are bound with their own mindset and their own thing. See, that's, that's, uh, see some people think the reason why I was so, uh, uh, why I spoke so much against COVID, it, it bothered people when I talk about COVID. It still does. I say COVID and some people cringe. I mean, they just cringe inside. And they wondered, people wondered why I did that. It's because it's important for us to understand that in order for, in order for that to be eradicated, we had to, we had to get the mind of God. We had to get God's understanding of it. We had to get a word of knowledge about it. We had to, we had to hear from the spirit concerning these things. Because once we hear from the spirit, then it has, then whatever, whatever, uh, whatever's happening in the natural has to bow its knee to whatever God says. Amen. Are you seeing how, kind of how these things work? So see, when you get a word of knowledge, if I get a word of knowledge in here, let me tell you, if I get a word of knowledge in here and it's about back trouble, God didn't show me backs just so I could pray a nice prayer for people that have back trouble. If God told me that someone here had back trouble and that was a word of knowledge and it was something that he revealed, it was a thought in the mind of God. You know what? Do you know God is not talking sickness into people? When God speaks, God doesn't speak sickness into people. What is, amen. He's not sickness. He's what? He's healing. He's he is the healer. We know that. We know that he's not the author of sickness. If he was the author of sickness, Jesus wouldn't have healed nobody. Because, because he said in his word that a kingdom divided against itself can't stand. So if God was the author of sickness, of any sickness at all, then Jesus would have never healed nobody because he'd have been working against God. Amen. Amen. Storms. We, we, we're like, oh, the Lord sent this storm. Really? You know, the Bible says that Jesus, Jesus had storms, and there was never a storm that Jesus said, well, God sent it. There's nothing like, no, he rebuked every storm. He commanded the storm, peace be still. If that storm had been of God, well, I'm preaching. I am preaching, and I shouldn't be. I should be teaching. But I'm preaching good. Amen. 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 So, so if God gives you a word of knowledge and he makes me aware of the fact that some, and, or makes you aware of the fact that someone has back trouble, hip trouble, knee trouble, elbow trouble, neck trouble, if he reveals, Shree, if he reveals to you someone has a spirit of witchcraft, a spirit, a if, they're, if, they're, if they have a demon, if there's an evil spirit functioning in their life, if y'all are out on the streets in Bricktown, Don, and the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit, shows you, he's not showing you that so you'll sit there and twiddle your thumbs. He's not telling you that to uh, acknowledge the darkness. He's telling you that because he's empowering you to turn it around. To speak healing where there was sickness. To speak light where there's darkness. 
to kick the devil out where he's been inhabiting. <laughs> so when we get away, see, maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't make that clear when we talked about that, and maybe I've not made it clear over the years. But I mean, I always, I always felt like people would just get it by through us. I mean, to me, when you when you look at the whole of the of the Word of God, you look at the whole of the Bible, and you look at the way that God works. It just makes sense to me. I mean, to me, it goes without saying. If God shows you there's someone here with back trouble, then here's the expectation. You're leaving here without that back trouble. Do you know why? Because God said so. You can take it back after you walk out that door, but I'm kicking it out of you because God said you're healed. Amen. Now, I've noticed that that's not always what's in the minds of people. They just get excited that they heard something. Ooh, you got it. See, hey, I got this. They have it. See, praise God. Hallelujah. That's a word from God. That was a word from God. Look at Jesus. No, <laughs> listen, God didn't want us to look and rejoice over the fact that we heard something. We heard something because, man, I wish y'all would hear me. Some of y'all, your life is filled with chaos. You think there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But God's word will change your world. And, all, and all, you know what? And all some of y'all got to do is live. You don't have to pay for it. Some of you trying to go to seminars, learn how to be successful. I need some coaching. I need some help. Man, I'm, I'm giving you some coaching. You need, amen. Well, praise the Lord. I am, I'm, I'm talking here. Uh, amen. I'm talking here. Are y'all hearing me? Why is it God that we go to last? Why is it him that we trust the least? He's the one who knows the most. Listen, I'll tell you why. It's not because it's not because you're an idiot. It's because the devil is a liar. And he's been working against you for your whole life to try to get you to rely upon yourself and to not rely upon God. Amen. You know there are evil spirits that were assigned to you to keep you from success. To keep you from fulfilling God's purpose. The devil knows what's what. He knows that before you were formed in the belly, he knew you. Before you came forth out of the womb, he sanctified you. He ordained you. Amen. He set you apart. But you're going to be ineffective. The call of God means nothing until you begin to hear the word of God, believe the word of God, declare the word of God, and make it work for you. Amen. So when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, what a, what a tool, what a, uh, <laughs> what a resource. So uh, gift of, the gift of word of knowledge is God giving us um, insight or revelation of a thought that is in his mind about something. The word of wisdom. <clears throat> and did we define that? Did we define the word of wisdom? Tell me what the definition was. 
Someone tell me what the definition was. <clears throat> yes? No, I, that was a testimony that I gave, so you're on the right track, though. Yes, so it's, it's, it's God, God's spirit coming upon you and revealing to you what his purpose and his plan is. So word of knowledge is what? A thought in the mind of God about someone. Word of wisdom is his purpose and his plan. So word of, a word of knowledge is about either present circumstances or past circumstances, a word of wisdom is always about future. So, <clears throat> word of knowledge. Um, this is where you're at. Word of wisdom, but this is where I'm taking you. Amen. And somehow or another, oh, there we go. Somehow or another, I scrolled all the way to the top of this page. <laughs> So, <clears throat> so the word of wisdom, let's look at what the word says and uh, some examples of the word of wisdom uh, in scripture. And then we'll go on to the discerning of spirits. And um, so, uh, of course, many of the Old Testament prophets functioned in the gift uh, of the word of wisdom because for them to be prophets, they had to see the plan and plans and the purposes of God. So many times, uh, prophets of the Old Testament functioned in the gift of the word of knowledge and in the gift of the word of wisdom. In fact, most, a lot of people, even yet today, still, if you function in the gift of the word of knowledge, then you function in the gift uh, many times of the word of wisdom, and many times those two gifts will function together. Not always, but <clears throat> probably most of the time, you see someone functioning in the gift of the word of knowledge, uh, they will also function in the gift of the word of wisdom at the same time. And I'm be honest with you, I'm seeing some things here that I've, I've never seen and uh, just for myself. And uh, I'm looking in a mirror here right now. So if I, uh, if I fall off here and, uh, and get blessed, you, you can go home. Because uh, <laughs> I ain't going to wait on you. So... Uh, they had to have, in fact, prophets of the Old Testament had to have the gift of the word of wisdom. They, could, they couldn't have known the future or seen the future without that gift of the word of wisdom. <clears throat> so uh, it's, not, it's, it, it's not predicting the future. It's knowing what the plans and the purposes of God are. That's not you're not predicting the future. In other words, you're not just taking a shot in the dark and predicting according to what you see in the natural what's going to happen. Uh, I know there was a guy that was a, supposed to be a, a, a New Testament prophet. And of course, when I listened to this guy, there was something in my spirit that was like, whoa, you know, don't, don't, get, don't, get, don't get too connected with this. And, and I, I was like, all right. But, you know, I didn't, I didn't speak out against him. I just observed his life. <laughs> and then one day <laughs> I got a... a a notification of a video and 
on this video, someone said that this particular individual, um, oh, this particular individual, I'm, I'm just trying to figure if I should tell y'all the, um, if I should get into name and names here, but no, I won't. Um, that this particular individual, that they had a video of a, someone who was a psychic that gave predictions for the coming year. They had 10 predictions that they gave, a psychic. And then they showed this guy who's a prophet who verbatim, word for word, gave the same predictions the psychic gave. In other words, he wasn't getting words from God. He just saw a video of this psychic that had these predictions and used that person's predictions and gave those same predictions himself, which is, that's demonic, you know? And then, you know, they find out later he's practicing homosexual and this and that and the other. So it didn't surprise me. Um, but you know what? There's still people that believe him to be a prophet and a man of God. Now, he might be a Christian, and he very well may be a man of God in the fact that, you know, he's, you know, given his heart to the Lord. But a prophet, you know, you, 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 you got to turn in your prophet card when, you've, when you start quoting Kenny Kingston. Oh, yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, listen, you got to turn in your prophet card once you start quoting the psychics. You, you know, you're, you've gotten over into... You've gotten over into stuff that's not good. And uh, <laughs> we no longer have confidence in your prophetic abilities. Uh, turn it over. You know, I don't care how good you can sing, preach, and hoop. You know, uh, we're, no. No. <clears throat> so it's not just, uh, it's not fortune telling. The gift of the word of wisdom is not fortune telling. That, <laughs> that's why we're not going to need an article of clothing from someone that we're trying to get a word for. And that's why we're not going to try to get a word for anybody. We're going to allow the Spirit to anoint us uh, as He wills. And so you know, you know how you do that? Do you know how you get prepared? Uh, 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 as I was as I was going through, I thought about sharing some words or sharing a video of Brother Hagen talking about the word of wisdom. And as I put up that that uh, search in my search bar on YouTube, there came up a bunch of people online that said, "How to develop the gift of the word of wisdom? You don't develop a gift of the word of knowledge. It either works or it don't." Do you want me, want me to tell you how you develop an ability to function in the gifts of the Spirit? You pray. Amen. You praise and you worship God. You forget about your own stinking. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. You, you think you're miserable? You, you ain't suffered like Jesus suffered. And you ain't suffered like those. Listen, there, be, there are people that are martyred. You're, you're alive. You're living. You're living. You're breathing. You're driving around in cars. You have clothes on your back. You stuff food down your pie hole. You don't have it that bad. Go ahead now. Go ahead now. I'm so tormented. And 
I don't know what's happened to people in this country, man. I really don't. Am I being ugly, Mama? Because she's looking at me. She's looking at me crazy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm just trying to. It's, it's like, come on. Come on, guys. Really? You know, it could be worse. It could be worse. Could be a lot worse. We're blessed big. Listen, not even, not even a little bit. We are, we are blessed way beyond uh, anything that you could ever imagine. So it's not fortune telling. Um, we're, not, we're not doing that. <clears throat> but, but, but prophecy, the gift of the, uh, the prophets that give uh, prophecies through the gift of the word of wisdom, uh, they are... They are revealing what the, what the plans and the purposes of God are, uh, either for an individual, a church, a, a region, a city, a state, a nation, uh, the world, whatever that looks like. So uh, let's, let's look at a, a gift of the word of wisdom in operation. Acts chapter 9. We'll look in the New Testament. Acts chapter 9. Glory. Hallelujah. Ooh, <laughs> I shouldn't have been listening to that Brother Hagin video. He's, got, he's going on in my mind right now. Uh, Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 16, it says, And there's a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, uh, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one Called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. What, what would that? What category would that fall into? Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. So he had a word of knowledge. Uh, God revealed something to him, a thought that was in his mind, <laughs> um, about something that was happening with Paul at that time. Uh, verse twelve, and had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So here we see in that one scripture, the gift of the word of knowledge and the gift of the word of wisdom working together. That's the perfect picture of the gift. Now, now listen, Ananias wasn't a prophet. This man that, that God was speaking to, he wasn't a prophet. He was a disciple. The Bible says that he was a disciple. Look in verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And God used a disciple in a very similar way as he used uh, someone who stood in the, uh, in the Old Testament office of a prophet. Isn't that awesome? That God used someone who, who basically was a layperson 
This person wasn't called to five-fold ministry, but God used him as the Spirit willed. He used him not only to know something that he shouldn't have known or shouldn't have been able to know, but he knew by the Spirit what the thoughts of God were about Paul. And then, not, not even two seconds after he put that word of knowledge in, gives him a word of wisdom, and he begins to prophesy the Lord to Ananias about what Paul is going to do. And now Paul's to deliver this word. Oh, can you, can you imagine what this disciple must have thought when he, when he was tasked with doing something that had been reserved for, the, for uh, prophets of the Old Testament who had had oil poured on their heads, who had been anointed, and who'd put, been put in this special... Boy, I'm telling you, we got people that when, they, when they're used to God in our generation, that they get all haughty and high-minded and they feel all good about it. I can, I can only imagine what some of them had to wrestle with when God began to use them because they were entering into things that at that time were only reserved for people who had really been set apart uh, special by other prophets and by people that were anointed, of, you know, uh, of the Spirit to p to pass on that anointing. But but God speaks to Ananias and sends him on this mission. So we see we see him working together. The word of wisdom revealed Ananias the plan and the purpose uh, of God. The word of knowledge revealed specific facts to Ananias. It was uh, it was God's plan for Ananias and uh, to go and inquire. Uh, for Saul, but the word of knowledge revealed ex exact facts as to where to go, even to the name of the street to go to, the house to go to, the person in the house he needed to speak to. The Lord even told Ananias that Saul was praying, <laughs> for behold, he, Saul, prayeth. That was, that was all Knowledge of present tense facts. It also revealed uh, to Ananias that Saul had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. That was, amen, that was revelation. What did, amen, what did, what did he, what, what, what all did God's word release to change Y'all realize that that word, go get that picture out of my office that they gave us on Sunday. The one that's it's there by the, by the my, just the one picture. There's a picture. I don't want to, I don't want Amelia's picture. <laughs> She'll come back here and hit me. Pray for me. I'll be like Gaby. Pray for me. I would tell you that we were in the Mexican restaurant and Gabe was acting up. He was just a kid. I mean, he was a little tyke. And uh, he was acting up. I was like, boy, one more time, I'm going I'm to take you to the bathroom. He acted up again. I remember what he said. He popped off at me. I was like, that's it. I grabbed him up and I started hauling him out. And as I'm walking away, he's looking over my shoulder. He says, it's all these church people. He says, pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's here, isn't he? <laughs> He's here, isn't he? So anyway, <clears throat> so th I want you to, the reason why, y'all don't mind that I'm taking a little bit of time with this, do you? Because I want you to think through these things. I want you to see these, because I think maybe because we've kind of drifted over these things quickly, 
and we've not really taken time to talk about the little the little things that I, I make a lot of assumptions because of what what I saw, but I don't I don't realize that a lot of people don't see the things that I saw. That the reason why I saw the things that I saw is because God intended for me to declare them so that other people would see them. And so I have to figure out sometimes, which is why I will go over something over and over and over again because that's my response. It's my responsibility. It's part of my calling. So. No, yeah. No. Yes. And they weren't spectacular as much there, supernatural. You know, that's, that's uh, yes. So no, notice, though, that this word. So he says to him, he says to him, he says, uh, he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. So notice that the, what the Lord is saying to how the word of knowledge is creating a different world than what exists in, in Paul's life at the time. Is creating a different world than what exists in Ananias's life at that time. God's word is framing the New Testament world. The word of knowledge that's being spoken is framing a brand new world. What, what happened on that day in Ananias's obedience Ananias' obedience to God resulted in what we're reading in the New Testament today. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. That was a result of Ananias' word. We are reaping the benefits of the world that was created by the obedience of a disciple that saw in a vision and heard a word. Are y'all hearing me today? It's just like what, when we got this picture. From, from uh, um, David and Hilda. And it hit, it hit me when they gave it to it. This is literally the moment oh, yeah. that Winner's Church came to be. Right. Listen, I'm talking about, it was in, they, they got a picture. They took a picture of when Winner's Church was founded. When, it, when, it, when Winner's Church came into existence. When Winner's Church came out of the spirit and into the natural, you say, how does that, how does that a picture of that? Because that is the moment that Annie embraced the fact that God called us to start this church. That is the moment that she stepped out of being a lay person and she became a ministry gift. She didn't know that, but that's when she, that's when she embraced the call to be a ministry gift was there when Brother Shambach laid hands on us and we got it in a picture. This this world that you're this this meeting you're in right now, this building you're in right now, these people that you're around right now were framed on that word, on that word of knowledge, on that word of wisdom. Are y'all hearing me today? See, these things that we're talking about are not just 
They're not just uh, um, uh, things on a... This is not a playground. This is not where we... Listen, this is not where you come and you play church, where we play with the gifts of the Spirit, where we play, let's cast devils out of people, where we, you know, if you... If you, want to play, if you want to play church, do that someplace else, you know, and really play. But when we get over there in the spirit, that's where God changes worlds, where God changes lives, where transformations happen, where, where, where one day you're one thing and the next day you're something altogether different, all because of a word from God. All because of a, the manifestation of a spiritual gift. Not, not only your world, but other people's world. My God. And here's the thing. It's accessible to you as believers. This is something that you ought to be. Instead of just looking to know something for the sake of knowing it, you ought to be, you ought to be wanting to press into the spirit so that when he calls upon you and he manifests himself, that the things that he does through you are transformational, not only to you, but to others. I mean, that, that by itself ought to make you want to fall on your knees every day and pray uh, and have fellowship with God. That, just that by itself ought to make you want to crack open your Bible every day and read it for the purpose of renewing your mind and getting getting his word in your mind so that when he speaks it out of your spirit, your mind and your spirit align so that you can hear his voice and follow his leading. Amen. Amen. So then he, he tells him about him being a chosen vessel. Think about, look, listen to what he said there. But the, the Lord said unto him, go thy way for he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles, which is what he did. Paul was, y'all remember Paul? Paul, what did he say he was? He said, I was the Pharisee. Of, in other words, he was, he was deep in the, in the Jewish religion. He wasn't just a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was top dog Pharisee. He was, the, he was the teacher of those that would teach. He was a philosopher. We know he was a philosopher because it says he went to Mars Hill with all the other philosophers to talk about philosophy. So he wasn't, he wasn't some slouch, some idiot, you know, from the backside of nowhere that only had one tooth in his mouth. Not that how many teeth you have has anything to do with how smart you are, but you get the picture. You get the picture. So Paul, being a Pharisee of Pharisees, knowing the ways of religion, knowing the ways of the church prior to Jesus coming. <laughs> he gets a word that he's going to bear the name of Jesus before the Gentiles. Do you all understand what that, what that meant? God, for God to tell Paul his ministry wouldn't be to the Jews. It would be to the dogs. Do 
Do you know he do you know he know what he knew what that meant? He knew that that meant that he would be alienated from the Jewish people, from people he had spent his entire God. That that the word of God right there was going to alienate him from the people that he had grown up with, that he had fellowship with up to that point in time. His status would be, you know, whatever reputation he had. Now he would be of no reputation because he's having fellowship with the unclean. Encouraging the unclean to embrace a Messiah that they didn't believe in. Do you know, do you know what, you know, uh, when Paul said, remember when he said, um, I'm, I'm having a problem here. I have a thorn in my flesh. A messenger from Satan. You know, many people believe that Paul had a sickness, but Paul didn't have a sickness. Paul's thorn in the flesh was his ministry to the Gentiles. And Satan hounded him. Think about it. Satan hounded him for every day of his life because he had to go against everything he had ever taught and everything he ever learned to present the gospel to the Gentiles. And so he is begging God to take it from him. My God, we can't even, we can't even miss a family picnic. Well, what will they say? We got a party. We got a party. Listen, then we wonder why God. I'm not coming. I'm not. I'm, understand this. I am not rebuking you. I am not. I'm just. You're going to get out of it. Some of y'all are getting out of this what you're putting in it. That's just all there is to it. Quit acting like you, don't, you can't figure out why God is against you. God's not against you. You're just getting out with you. Listen, if you go to the nickel slots, you're not going to win a million dollars on nickel slots. You're going to get what you put in. 20 bucks, 25 bucks, 50 bucks. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Nickel slots. So thank you, Anna. <laughs> Listen, you, you want, if, you want, if, you want high, if you want to win a high amount of money, you, the, the stakes got to go up. You got to... You got to bet more. You got to put more in. You got to have more skin in the game. You know, $5, $10, then you'll be seeing, you know, in the tens of thousands payoff. Maybe. Are y'all hearing me today? Yep, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know what? When I go to, I, I went to the casino on a cruise ship. I'd never been to a casino before, but they had one on a cruise ship when we went on a cruise. And so I went over there on the cruise ship to the casino, and I was like, I was trying to play something, but everything cost more than I wanted to give. I, I tried to place a bet on a, what is the roulette table? And I threw my bet down on there and said, You can't bet that. You got to bet. I think they said I, minimum was a $25 bet on this one part of the... I said, well, where can I get in for like five bucks? I said, tell me, where can I put my $5? They're like, well... Then they finally... Someone, someone was trying to help me out. You know, they're, they're looking at me. I'm like, hey, I don't know nothing about this. I'm a preacher. Then they were really like... They were all pulling their stuff off, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, once I lost a $5 bill, that was it. I was done. $5, that's $5. No, I'm done. I'm done. Until I saw the nickel machine. I was like, hey, there's a nickel machine. I, boy, I plopped my backside on that nickel machine. <laughs> you know I Pulling on that arm. And I was, I was pleased as punch to get $6 of nickels. I mean, that's a big old bunch of nickels. Man, I was like, Andy, come over. I'm like, look at all these nickels. She's like, are you serious? Yeah, I won this off of three nickels. <laughs> She's like, what you going to do with all them nickels? I'm going to play you some more, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't have much skin in the game. There aren't, there aren't that good a reward. Exa listen, take inventory of your life. Take inventory. God is really asking. And listen, he's not asking you to go to uh, put yourself in a place of hardship. My God, you're blessed. You're blessed. God might, God might ask you for 10 birthday parties, and that's it. He may ask you to sacrifice 10 going to birthday parties, and that's it. That's it. What if, what if, we, broke out in what if we broke out in revival in this church and it lasted for five years? Well, you know what? That's five years out of your 120 if you live, you know, if, if that's how many you want, or at least it at the very least 80. You gave five out of 80 to God. But what's the payoff? Oh, ah! Ooh, Shana Mahaya. Glory. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. So Paul is a thorn in his flesh. He asked God to take it from him three times. And finally, the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for you. Then it makes sense, doesn't it? The grace that I gave you to do what I called you to do. The word that I gave you. That word that I told you. That word that I spoke over you. That is enough to get you through this. And to get you, you keep on looking at what you're losing and you're going to start losing. But if you start looking at what you gain and, and what was the word, see, all this is happening before the fulfillment of the word. When Paul dies, when Paul dies, what does he say? Just before he dies. In fact, when he's, they say one of his letters to Timothy, I believe it was in one of those letters to Timothy, he could hear them building the gallows on which he would be hung. And one of the last things he said, look what, because here's what, here's the word of the Lord. You're going to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. You know what one of his last statements to Timothy is? Those of Caesar's household say hello. The word had been fulfilled. He would. <laughs> He went to prison, and listen, Paul had a prison ministry, for real. He didn't just go, you know, and sign in and sign out. He went to prison. <laughs> he went to prison, and, but, but think about how, how the Lord worked it all out. He gets bit by a snake. Everybody thinks he's cursed. They think for sure he did what he's, for sure he's guilty because he's cursed, He's snake bit, but then he didn't die. Then they're like, ooh, 
He's a man of God. It's, it's, what happened to him is so impressive that the richest man in town, the richest man in town takes Paul in. Y'all remember this? Takes Paul in, and because he takes Paul in, he takes all these other miserable people in, all these prisoners. And they are laid up in the nicest house in town after their shipwreck. Then the rich guy says, you can take one of my boats to finish your job. They're up on a Donald Trump yacht. Prisoners. How many of you know all them prisoners were like, my God. The benefits of being the friend of a friend of God. The benefits of being the friend of a, amen. See, that's where most people are at nowadays. Most people are friends with someone who's really a friend of God. And, and, they, and, they, and they ride on the coattails of those individuals. And they never, they never see manifested in their lives what God intended for them to, sometimes because the person that they're following is so insecure, they won't teach them how. Or because they think they can't. It's hard. But it's not hard. You, have the, you got the same spirit I have, same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. On the, now, different purpose, but same spirit. Maybe, maybe I'm going to have a greater grace than you are in some areas. But guess what? God has a plan to use you. Amen. So Paul, he, he take that whole journey. He's going to Caesar's house. He, he's, he's already told him, I want to stand before the king. I want to stand before the man. I want to stand before Caesar. How many kings did he minister to before he ended up before? How many, how many great people we see throughout the book of Acts that God gave him an audience with? And, people, and he's knocking people out left and right. Boy, he's like Cherie. Do you know that God has a good plan for your life? Like Miss Rhonda. Knocking the, what do they call them things them ladies wear? No, the, the Muslim, Muslim women? Hijab. She'd be knocking them off them women's heads. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> and God tell him, I'm going to show him how much, how great things he must suffer. Is this helping anybody? That didn't mean Paul was going to be sick or that. That's not what that meant. I just told you what it meant. But is it really suffering? I mean, once you get a revelation, is it really suffering? Are we really suffering for Jesus? To give up our life for his life to be made manifested in us? He told us if we... If we keep our lives, then we'll die. But if we give up our lives for his sake, we'll live. There, there, is, a greater, there is a greater way of life. There is a greater way of life. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be broke. You don't have to be bound. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be none of that. 
You don't have to be afraid. Your kids don't have to be afraid. Glory to God. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to take care of yourself. He'll take care of you. You don't have to supply for yourself. He'll supply all that you have need of. Amen. According to his riches in glory. Glory to God. Amen. He'll pay off your house. He'll pay off your car. He'll take care of your kids' college tuition. Glory to God. Amen. Are y'all hearing me today? You want a vacation? Let him arrange it. Let him arrange. He'll send you places you always wanted to go, and then he'll pay the bill. Glory. If you follow his spirit. Did I ever tell you about Tim Ruthven? I'm going to quit there. We'll get to the end of Gift of Word of Wisdom next time, and then we'll get into discerning spirits. Did this help anybody here today? Um, Tim Ruthven, I think I told you about him. New Zealander, God used him to spread fire of revival through New Zealand. Uh, he was friends with a fellow named Mel Tari, who wrote a book called Like a Mighty Wind. And uh, did I tell you all about that? So that, that book, Like a Mighty Wind, is a great book. Uh, testimonies about the uh, revival in Indonesia. But so I so you'll you'll remember then that he had gone to that uh, tribe somewhere in the, who knows the pygmy tribe or something. He went to preach to it was inaccessible. Only way you could get to this tribe was through by helicopter. Helicopter guy dropped him off. Said, "Hey, I'm gonna pick you up in three days. Be here. Uh, if you're not here, you're gonna have to be here till monsoon season is over with or something." Anyway, there came a storm early, so the guy came to pick him up early. Tim had gotten everyone born again in the uh, tribe, including the witch doctor. And the only, person, uh, pe only thing he had left to do was get him baptized in the spirit. So he laid hands on the witch doctor. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoke with other tongues. He told that man, it's your responsibility to get these people baptized in the spirit. Lay your hands on them in the name of Jesus. Gave him instructions. Uh, he did find out later the whole tribe got baptized in the Holy Ghost and they were all Christians, a spirit-filled Christians in a tribe that had never seen a white man till he showed up. They'd never seen a white man until he came. <clears throat> so when the helicopter guy got there, he's like, get in, man, we got to go. Then he tells me uh, in the testimony, he said, so I went from there, and I met Marjorie for a holiday, which is what they call it over in Europe, I guess, not vacation, but holiday. And I was like, I was like, awesome. I said, now, I said, what, you, all, you all didn't have... Uh, you didn't have access to a phone on that island or anything. Those people, they were disconnected from the world. I said, where did they take you to get a hold of Marjorie? He said, well, I just met her. I just met her in, um, I think it was in uh, England. I met her in England, and we had holiday. I said, well, how did you meet her there if you didn't, if you didn't have, how could you, how'd you talk to her? He said, well, it was by the, the Spirit arranged it. The Spirit, the Spirit arranged it. It was by the Spirit. I was like, man. So I figured I needed to hear the other side of the story. So Marjorie was the, at the camp with him. She was working in the kitchen. So I was like, hey, man, I'm going to go. I'll see you later. I ran to the kitchen. I talked to Marjorie. I was like, Marjorie, Tim was telling me the story, and I told her the story that Tim was telling me. And I said, do you remember that? She said, oh, yes, I remember. I said, how did you know to meet Tim in England for your vacation, for your holiday? She goes, well, by uh, the spirit. I said, details. I need details here. And she said, well, I was vacuuming the floor in our home, wherever they were. I think she was somewhere where she could get to England by train. Um, she said that she was vacuuming the floor 
And she said, the spirit of the Lord came on her and said, um, I'm, I need for you to take, uh, pack your stuff, get your kids and go to the train station. That's what he told her. And she was like, okay. I said, now what made you say okay? She says, that's the life we live. That's how we lived. That's the life that we lived. We lived by faith in, in, in the Son of God. And when the Holy Spirit led us, we just, we followed. I said, so this was a common occurrence. Yeah. Wasn't, listen, this wasn't spectacular. An angel didn't show up. There wasn't a, there wasn't a light shining over the a train station. There wasn't a loud booming voice out of heaven. Jesus didn't appear and touch her hands and, you know, make the sign of the cross. Nothing like that. Mary didn't appear on the wall and start talking. <clears throat> it was an inward witness. The Spirit of God spoke to her on her, an inward witness. And so she dropped, she, in fact, she said, I, I left the vacuum where it was. I turned it off. I unplugged it, left it where it was. I went and packed my stuff because when the Spirit tells you to move, you move. So she said, I packed some bags for me and for our two kids. And for our two kids. And I took the kids and we went to the train station and we sat down on a bench at the train station with our bags. I said, what happened then? She said, we was, I sat there for a couple of minutes and a man walked up and said, Marjorie. I've come looking for you. The Lord told me to uh, give you these tickets for you and your children. And he told me to tell you that he wants you to meet Tim for holiday at such and such a hotel. So they jumped on the train with the tickets that were purchased for them. Oh, and he gave them money. He gave her money. Here, this is for your holiday. And they got on, so she got on the train with the kids. They got dropped off at the train station. I believe it was in London. And went to the hotel, and as she was walking up to the hotel with the kids, Tim was arriving at the hotel at the same time. She said, we met each other at the door, and we checked in, and we had holiday. I said, did you know this would happen? She said, when he told me at the train station that the Lord told us we were having holiday, then we had, then we had holiday. I don't know if you know this, but Europeans, when they go on holiday, it's like for a month. They don't do no two weeks, like, or a week or a weekend. They don't do no weekend. If they go on a weekend, that ain't a, that ain't a holiday for them. It's, they're going to the house in the, they're going to the house on the farm, in the whatever. <laughs> They're going to the cottage or whatever. <laughs> so y'all remember me telling that testimony. I guess some of you do. But see, that's, that's, that's the spirit of God working. And we, we, think, it's, we think it's unusual because it's never happened to us. Well, it's never happened to us because we like to pay for our own vacations. We like to plan it according to our convenience. But see, when you, when you, when you and I'm telling you the truth, and this is honest. You know, Annie and I could testify to this as well. The things that the Lord has done for us that we didn't have to pay for, that we didn't have to worry about, that he took care of us. Now, again, you ask Annie and she'll tell you it's, it's not been an easy life. But has the, has the Lord blessed us? 
undeniably, undeniably, way beyond what man could have ever done for us, way beyond what every, any individual could have done, the Lord has blessed us. Any questions? No? Wow, y'all don't have any questions today. Crazy. No questions? All right. Praise the Lord. Either I did a good job or you're ready to go home. Huh? There probably will be a podcast tomorrow. Well, yes, I think there will be. I think there will be. I have nothing else on the schedule. So there will be a podcast tomorrow. It's on stereo. So download the stereo app and um, follow me or Sheree. Uh, probably follow Sheree because she's the one who hosts them. And yeah, and, and uh, uh, she'll, yeah, she'll post links and, and all of that and uh, uh, pump it up tomorrow on, on, um, on the church Facebook and on her personal Facebook. All right. I, I, if you have no questions, then I have nothing else to say. And you'll be glad to know that this is the first time we made it out of here on time on a Wednesday night since we started these Wednesday nights. <laughs> hey, what, a, what an awesome time we had, though, Fall Festival. It was a good time. It's a good time. Of course, there are people talk, calling us demons and all that. It's because we're a church and we had a Fall Festival and people dressed up and this and that. But uh, you know what? Um, I am of the mind, and uh, my friend Scott McFeeder said it well on one of his Facebook posts. He's like, he said, to me, this is like when they sat, when they, uh, people ate uh, food sacrificed to idols. You know, Paul didn't say it was wrong. He said, you got to do what's in your conscience. There was a time that I wouldn't do, have any part of Halloween, when I wouldn't have any part. I used to not listen to one. I, it didn't matter what it was. Uh, I wouldn't listen to secular music. I wouldn't listen to the Muppets sing, uh, you know, mana, mana, do, 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 do. I, I wouldn't even listen to that. If it came on, I'd shut it off. Be like, nope, I can't listen to that. All I could listen to was Jesus. I'll call it Jesus music, not Christian music, because not everybody that was making the music was Christian. But um, but I had to at a certain point in my life because of the convictions that I had. And uh, some people think I've just gotten carnal. You know, could be. Uh, maybe I'll get that straightened out here pretty soon. But. Um, <laughs> Yes, it's true. That's about the only devils that get stirred up. You know, we we the church has been the church has probably been the single most helpful tool that the enemy has ever used to propagate Satanism. You know, we we called Ozzy a Satanist. We gave we glorified Satanism. He made millions of dollars because of how the church came against him. And then when when he had his program on television, we found out that he couldn't even speak English. He was supposed to be the prince of darkness, and he's running around his house in his baggy underwear. Karen! Karen! Burn out. Burn out. They just used it, you know, and the church was happy to oblige. We, gave, we promoted Ozzy so much. Ozzy made most of his money because of the church. 
All he was was a singer in a band that was trying to make money off of being strange, biting the heads off of doves. And <laughs> you got to be stoned to do that. Anyhow, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all that you've said and done here. We praise you, Lord. We're, we're so grateful for all that you're doing. And, and may we go out of here and uh, hear and answer, Lord, every prayer that we've prayed here today. Let your spirit be made manifested within uh, and through your people, Lord, as the days uh, roll on. May, it inc may, may the manifestations of the spirit increase in each one of us uh, day by day by day by day by day. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. Amen.